You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. We're beginning a series for August, and it's based on a few verses from the end of Mark's Gospel. So if you have a Bible, and there's some in the uh, activity packs on the table, Mark chapter 16. And for the next four Sundays, we'll be taking aspects of this account of the resurrection of Jesus. And I'll explain why in a moment. So Mark chapter 16. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb And they had asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Preachers always need to acknowledge their source. And um, these four sermons in August spring out of a book uh, I was reading through. It's called The Message of the Resurrection in the Bible Speaks Today series, and it's by Paul Beasley Murray. And some of his comments on this chapter um, inspired me just to look at some aspects of it. And the first one we're looking at is, why do we meet on a Sunday? (laughs) What is so special about Sunday? Now, I'm not going to mention his name because these these videos are recorded and we're never sure where they go. But you know that we have meeting with us regularly, but he's not here this morning. Someone who became a Christian. And when they became a Christian, their life became, uh, was in danger. And in fact, even today, relatives of his who are Christians are in prison. And one of the reasons he left the, the country was because he'd become a Christian, the authorities were after him. When he became a Christian, he was not allowed to go and meet with the church because they had to make sure he was genuine. Because if people infiltrated that who were actually spies, lots of people's lives could be in danger. Now, if you ask that person, is going to church a burden or a privilege, what would they say? And for many millions of believers around the world, they do not have the freedom that we have to meet like this. They meet under threat, under uh, fear of persecution, and many lose their lives because of that. So why do we meet on a Sunday publicly like this? I want to hopefully uh, clear up some confusion about Sabbath and Sunday. Um, 
and to say why we, why we bother meeting at all. And we've done some exercises this morning about that. Let me take it, and it all comes out of this verse. Becky is amazed that this message comes out of, I gave her half a verse, actually, uh, to choose a song. She, she had the verse uh, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they went on their way to the tomb. She says, now choose some songs from that. <laughs> and she did very well. <laughs> But the key verse is verse 1. The Sabbath was over. So in the context of this story, we need to understand the Jewish law and custom. The Sabbath was the last day of the week. And it began nightfall on the Friday, about an hour before sunset, and went through for 24 hours. Um, and the Sabbath for the Jewish people, the actual word means rest. And it was why Jesus' body was taken down from the cross by Joseph of Arimathea. He had to go and ask the Roman authorities for permission to do that. Usually crucified criminals were left there as a deterrent to other terrorists or uh, people plotting against the government. But it, the Bible says that it the Sabbath was coming, and the Jews didn't like crucified, rotting bodies left on the cross in the Sabbath. It defiled the land, so they asked, can they take down the body of Jesus? So he was crucified before the Sabbath came, and this account says, when the Sabbath was over. And so that's why the women come early in the morning, because... The Sabbath was over, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, so as soon as they were allowed to get active and move about, they went to the tomb. For them, it wasn't called Sunday. It was called Yom Rishon, and that means the first day of the week. They went on the first day of the week, which happens to be our Sunday, and that's a clue why we meet on a Sunday. We're so familiar with a story, we tend to forget the impact of it. Mark's gospel, and some people say that uh, his account finishes at that verse 8, it, the women left the tomb trembling and bewildered. The angel had said, he's not here, he's risen. That was totally beyond their comprehension. So what on earth is, we went to anoint a dead body, the body's gone, he says he's risen, what does that mean? So trembling and bewildered they left. We know the story, Jesus is risen from the dead, he's alive. We're so familiar with it, but we lose the impact of that first Easter Sunday morning. The first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus was on that first day of the week, on that Easter Sunday morning and it was the Jewish first day of the week how do, do people I still have a printed diary many people use computers and laptops and phones and all that sort of thing but it's interesting if your diary is printed with Sunday or Monday the first day of the week so in a secular world the week starts on Monday but for a Christian the week starts on Sunday. In the world, Sunday is the weekend. 
You've been busy Monday to Friday and maybe Saturday. Now you can rest because it's the weekend. For the Christian, it's totally different. Sunday is the beginning. Not a day of rest, but a day of creation. See, our faith as Christians is firmly rooted in the Jewish faith and in the Jewish uh, law and customs and practices. And those first Christians, they were mainly Jewish people. And they still observed the Sabbath. And they still, we read about it in Acts, the first disciples still went up to the temple to pray. Um, but in the New Testament, we get this hint that eventually Sunday becomes more significant. In fact, some people say the day of Pentecost was also a Sunday when the church was given the birth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so Paul writing in, in Acts chapter 20, he says, when we, came to, when we come together on the first day of the week for the breaking of bread. So it seems like that was getting cemented into their program. I like this one. He says, on the first day of the week, set aside the money you're going to give to the Lord's work. That's a good principle, to set aside money that you're going to give to the Lord's work. And John, when he's uh, writing the Revelation, uh, which in the book we call Revelation, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So for those first Christians, now Sunday has got this significance. And those first Christians would never have thought that Sunday was a new Sabbath. Because they still had their Sabbath. They had their Sabbath, but now they've got a Sunday as well. So Sabbath was the last day of the week. Sunday was the first day of the week. And Sabbath was resting from your labors. And we know the Genesis principle, the creational principle, God uh, created uh, in those six time periods. And on the seventh, he rested from his work. And it became incorporated into the uh, practice of the nation of Israel that you would have a Sabbath rest. I remember years ago, Keith preaching a very good sermon on the Sabbath. And one of the important things he was saying, it was the Sabbath was so that you could give your employees a rest. So you didn't make your slave or your servant or your ox work seven days a week. Now, in our society, we see how the, that's been eroded that people want all the time. And the, the prophets in the Old Testament complained to the people of Israel because they couldn't wait for the Sabbath to be over so that they could get back to work and make more money. And God has put into, into, our, into, into our system a day of rest, a day of recovery, a day of refreshment. And that's a good principle. We, we need time not to be on the treadmill or to be always active all the time. Actually, if you look at the history of Sunday, it's quite an interesting exercise in this country how Sunday has been organised, even governed. At one point in our history as a nation, if you didn't go to church, you would be fined. I thought, could we stop? No, we were... <laughs> that would get the attendance up. But why did people go? Why, but why did people go? Um, it wasn't until the Emperor Constantine 
when he adopted the Christian faith, and there's all sorts of debate about that, that was in the fourth century, about 300 something. Um, he, be- he, he adopted the Christian faith and it became the official state religion and a lot of stuff came out of that. But it was Constantine who took the Sabbath observances and said they will now be applied to Sunday. So restrictions came in. And our history in this country of Christianity and church has been very checkered about that. Now, the New Testament does say if you want to keep one day special, you're allowed to do that. If you want to restrict yourself in what you do, I once worked with a a young family, a man and his wife, and they had two little girls, and I was there for Sunday lunch. And I, um, I went and I like playing with kids. I got out their toys to play with them. And the father said, uh, I think we'll put those away, thank you. And they weren't allowed to play with toys on a Sunday. And lots of Christians have uh, imposed on themselves those sort of restrictions. But the Bible does say, if you want to keep a a day special to the Lord, you're allowed to do it. Do it for the Lord. Don't do it to criticise other people. But you can't impose that on other people either. Now, you have to work out your own Christianity, but in our family, going to church is a priority. And if anybody comes to visit us or say or stay with us, we say, if you're here over the weekend, we go to church. We don't change our program to accommodate other people. It's generally known, and uh, you know I'm in the bowls club. They really want me to play in competitions on a Sunday. Sorry, not doing it. I'm at church. Now, that's how we work it. Uh, we keep it... That's a day that we will set aside to be with the people of God and to uh, learn together and to fellowship together. People, you have to work out your own way how you, how you do that. But Sabbath, uh, Sunday is not the Sabbath with those legal restrictions on it. Because it's not a day of rest. It's a day of new creation. It's the day Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus said when he was on earth, he said, my father's working and I'm working still. And it was David Pawson who said that first Easter Sunday morning is the eighth day of creation. God is doing something new through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And it is the gospel. It's the day of new beginnings. And Jesus, as he rose from the dead, the Bible describes him as the firstborn from the dead. The beginning of a new order of life where death is defeated and all things are being made new. And this act of creation, new creation, begins with new people being made new. And then one day the whole of creation will be renewed. So when Becky said, Clive, what on earth are you saying on Sunday about this? Sunday is a day of celebration. That's why I I appreciate the songs that we sang this morning. It's a day of celebration. It's a day that we celebrate God's new act in, in raising Jesus from the dead. Have you ever planned a party? Have you ever planned a a, a celebration? Have you planned a wedding? It's really hard work. (laughs) Takes a lot of effort. So it is when we come together on Sunday. 
It's not a day of rest, it's a day of work for a lot of people. If you don't know, there were people here at nine o'clock this morning setting out so that we could be here. Last Sunday, uh, there was quite a group of us at the Bulgarian service. There were six of us, uh, six, six English people speaking, English speaking people here uh, last Sunday night. I got home at quarter to nine at night. Uh, last Sunday was not a day of rest. I did 12 hours last Sunday, but it's very fulfilling, very satisfying. And we, 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 we may be doing something different, that we're not sitting at a computer, we're not teaching a class, we're not working in the NHS. We're doing something, and a change can be good as a rest. But Sunday is not the day where we sit back and put our feet up and do nothing, be idle, because God is doing something new. And Matt's already referred to it that we need to come together for that iron sharpening iron, for that building, strengthening of the faith. And for the first Christians, there was obviously this tendency to, to just have a personal faith. It's me and God, me and Jesus, we're okay, we don't need any other, uh, other people. And the writer to the Hebrew says, do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. And I'm acutely aware in our country, amongst the Christian population, there is now a trend not to get involved in church, but still to be a Christian, still to have your faith. And I don't think that was ever God's plan, that it would just be our own personal faith. He brought us into a community, into a body that functions, that works together. And it is that iron sharpening iron. It is, let us learn how we can encourage one, one another more and more as we see the day of his return approaching. And next week, I'm going to talk about the next part in, it, in this verse where, where they came to anoint the body of Jesus. And how we as a church engage in this anointing, this ministering to the body of Jesus. But just for now, let me under, underline the point that actually Sunday is this celebration. And it should, and, and this is where we need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it should enable us to capture again the enthusiasm and the wonder of that first Easter Sunday morning that Jesus is alive. He understood that. You understood that, Gagola? <laughs> That as a company of believers, we're here and we're celebrating Jesus is alive. And we, as believers in Jesus, we're part of that new creation. And here is a very important point. And it happens in our fellowship here. We have people attend who don't know Jesus. We have people who are interested. So what's church? And they've maybe have looked at other churches. They've heard of the King's Church. I've heard it might be slightly different. They come. Paul says that when a non-believer comes into a, a church fellowship, a church meeting like this, they should be aware that God is in this place. They should know that God is here dwelling with his people. And he is a God who speaks and meets and challenges and changes. 
Let me quote just one, one verse or so from, uh, from this book. Sunday has entered the private domain and has become a day of leisure, a day when people can do their own thing, whatever that might be. Not surprisingly, the worship of God on a Sunday has become an optional extra, even for some Christians, if, for instance, friends or relatives visit. Church going tends to go by the wayside. But this is, this is his comment. As Christians, however, we need to recover the controlling significance of Sunday. Sunday worship is a priority, for it is on this day that we celebrate the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead, and so we are able to put all our concerns into perspective. That's very important. If God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we're beginning this week with what we're, we're not sure what it's going to hold, but it puts our concerns into perspective. Because if God can do that, what can he do in my life too? And that's where there is a Sabbath rest for Christians. There is a place of coming to quiet settled confidence and the writer to the book of he uh, hebrews in chapter 4 he talks about it he says there is a sabbath rest for the people of god and it comes about when we hear what god has said and we combine it with faith and we believe it he illustrates the point by saying moses led the people of israel out of captivity that none of them actually entered the promised land and they they couldn't enter because of unbelief. They all died in the desert. They didn't have their inheritance. And the writer warns Christians not, not to become complacent, but to press on, to persevere. But he says that if we hear what God has said and mix it with faith, we enter into that Sabbath rest of God and we rest from our own labors. That is, we stop trying to make it work. We try and stop trying to sort it all out ourselves because we trust in the risen Lord Jesus Christ who has conquered death, has conquered the devil, has conquered all that stands against us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? As we begin the first, uh, as we start the, the, the first day of the week. We trust in, in God's completed work. That's one, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. He had done everything that he had been asked to do and get, gave us the access to what is called complete salvation, where we don't have to strive to impress God or impress anybody else because we're trusting in Jesus. So we're here to celebrate. Do excuse us if sometimes Sunday meeting seems, well, you know, not quite as joyful as we expect. We, we were told years ago that if a meeting doesn't go well, and sometimes Sunday meetings don't go as well as you hoped, that's how life is. But if a meeting doesn't go well, it's not the end of the kingdom. <laughs> God is still God. 
But as we come together, everyone has a bit to play and you contribute into this. Like if you go to a party, you can be the wallflower and sit on the edge and not engage in anything. But actually, if everybody brings something into this celebration and ministers to the Lord and to each other, and we'll look at that next week, actually, we'll evidence, we'll, we'll, we'll experience the, the, the life of God amongst us. Our lives will be changed. That's why we're here to bring the kingdom of God into this community. And I'm not of that persuasion that church doesn't matter. I believe church does matter. I believe what Jesus said is true. He said, I will build my church and the gates of death shall not prevail against it. And we're so blessed here for decades now. God has been building his church with all sorts of people being joined together so that in this place we can raise an anthem of praise and declare that here Jesus is Lord. To his praise and glory. Amen. Amen.